In this Vectoral CE podcast, we review feline-acquired myasthenia gravis, what we'll call AMG from now on. As a quick refresher, acquired myasthenia gravis in cats is a condition in which the patient's own antibodies target some portion of the neuromuscular junction, typically resulting in generalized weakness or fatigability. In cats, these antibodies are directed at the acetylcholine receptor on the postsynaptic membrane of the striated muscle. Now, as any small animal clinician knows, performing a neurologic examination on a cat often results in quite the comical display. This is a scenario that rarely goes as smoothly in real life as when it is learned in veterinary school. However, cats present with signs of neurologic or neuromuscular disease fairly often, making an understanding of these disease differentials an essential component of everyday practice. AMG is an increasingly recognized disease of the neuromuscular system in cats, but a large proportion of these cats have a craniomediastinal mass, what we'll call CMM from now on, that results in AMG due to perineoplastic syndrome. So Mignon and all, wanted to determine the long-term outcome of cats afflicted by AMG in the absence of a craniomediastinal mass in a study entitled Long-Term Outcome of Cats with Acquired Myasthenia Gravis Without Evidence of a Cranial Mediastinal Mass. This was a retrospective case series evaluating medical records from two veterinary referral hospitals spanning from 2005 to 2018. Inclusion criteria included a diagnosis of AMG, which was based on the presence of appropriate clinical signs and an abnormal serum anti-ACHR antibody concentration. Additional inclusion criteria included a complete blood count, biochemistry panel that included creatinine kinase measurement, and thoracic imaging. Exclusion criteria included a visible CMM on thoracic imaging, as well as the administration of carbimazole or methimazole due to their known association with AMG. All cats had a neurologic examination performed, including a specific portion of the examination called the wheelbarrow exercise stress test otherwise known as the WEST. The authors kindly included a link in their supplemental materials to a video of this test, which involves raising the back end of the cat and moving the cat forward, such that it walks on its thoracic limbs only. This test was performed as an assessment of skeletal muscle strength and exercise tolerance. The authors collected thorough patient and diagnostic data from the medical records. Some of the cats had an electromyography performed by a board-certified neurologist, which occurred under general anesthesia. If a cat had resolution of clinical signs and a normal anti-ACHR level following discontinuation of treatment, they were classified as having immune remission. However, if this occurred in a cat who never received any treatment, they were classified as having spontaneous remission. Short-term follow-up information was obtained approximately two weeks after presentation, and long-term follow-up was obtained via interview with the owner approximately six months after diagnosis. If alive, a repeated physical and neurological examination was performed, and the authors also included final interviews with clients at the time of writing this manuscript, if still alive. In total, the authors included eight cats that included these inclusion criteria, including two Siamese, two British shorthair, two domestic shorthair, one Bengal, and one Norwegian forest cat. There were four males and females, three neutered and one intact of each sex. 
Age varied from one to eleven years old, and duration of signs ranged from three days to eleven months prior to presentation. Now, it's important to note that between the development of clinical signs and presentation, cats may have improved, deteriorated, fluctuated, or maintained their symptoms. The most common indications for referral were tetraparesis in four cats and plantigrade stance in three cats, and less common reasons included paraparesis, reluctance to walk, cervical ventroflexion, appendicular skeletal muscle tremors, inability to jump, generalized skeletal muscle atrophy, dysphagia, and lethargy. The most common neurologic examination finding was skeletal muscle weakness and fatigability via the WEST test, which was identified in five of the six cats in which the test was performed. Cats worsened to the point of exhaustion within one minute of starting the test, which you can review in the previously mentioned supplemental video. These cats were so fatigued after completion of the test that they could not resume ambulation until completion of a rest period. A number of different findings was noted on neurologic examination. These include, in decreasing order, decreased withdrawal reflex in all limbs, plantigrade stance, paraparesis, decreased hopping, muscle tremors, decreased exterior postural thrust, tetraparesis, decreased hopping in the pelvic limbs, cervical ventroflexion, weakness or fatigability of muscles involved in the menace response and palpebral reflex, generalized muscle atrophy, and decreased withdrawal of the pelvic limbs. Interestingly, one cat had a normal neurologic examination. Vectorals take away from all these findings. These cats had quite the range of presenting complaints and neurologic examination findings. So keep acquired myasthenia gravis on the radar in cats presenting with these types of vague concerns. In terms of diagnostic findings, no significant abnormalities were noted on CBC or biochemistry profiles aside from an elevated CK in two cats, and all cats had normal thoracic radiography. Additional imaging studies included two cats that had abdominal ultrasounds and two cats that had an MRI with no significant abnormalities identified in any. Four cats had CSF taps performed and the only cat with an abnormality was one that had albuminocytologic dissociation. As a quick reminder, this refers to a CSF tap result that demonstrates high protein levels with normal cell counts. An EMG was performed in five cats, in which abnormalities were detected in two cats, but muscle biopsies in these cats were reported normal. No cats that were tested had positive results for FIV or FELV, and there were no positive PCR tests for toxoplasma, coronavirus, FELV, or FIV, which were taken variably from blood and CSF samples. Two cats had serologic evidence of exposure, but not active infection for toxoplasma. Serum anti-ACHR antibody levels were abnormal in all cats, with a median value of 4.55 nanomoles per liter, and ranging from 0.59 to 8.4 nanomoles per liter. Lastly, one cat was given a dose of neostigmine IV, a parasympathomimetic medication, which resulted in resolution of weakness and resolution of fatigable menace response and palpebral reflex. Phew, that was a lot of information. I suspect that you're anxious to hear how these cats did, right? Well, first of all, their treatment included a tapering dose of prednisolone starting at one mg per kg orally twice a day for a month in four cats and no treatment in the other four cats. We're happy to report that all cats had an excellent overall outcome. 
First of all, at six months following diagnosis, all cats had resolution of signs reported by their owners and normal neurologic examinations. This assessment took place at least three weeks following discontinuation of treatment, if treatment was administered. Furthermore, serum anti-ACHR antibody levels were normal, which was also measured six months following diagnosis and again at least three weeks after treatment cessation. It's important to remember that four of these cats did not receive any therapy, demonstrating a spontaneous remission of 50% in this small study population. So far, these results are fairly encouraging. Now, recall that the study was retrospective, but at the time that the authors wrote the manuscript, five cats had died or were euthanized due to unrelated causes. However, none of them had reports of a relapse of AMG clinical signs, and neither did the three cats that are still living. So, what can we take away from this Vet Girl podcast? Well, first of all, it appears that the long-term prognosis for cats with AMG in the absence of a craniometastinal mass, is excellent. Of course, this was a small study, and the authors openly acknowledge its limitations, such as the small sample size, the reliance on owner-reported information, and the lack of advanced imaging when assessing for mediastinal masses. Make sure AMG is on your differential list for cats presenting with tetraparesis or plantigrade stance which are the two most common presenting complaints in the study, as well as for any cat with evidence of neuromuscular disease, given the fairly diverse indications for presentation. Performance of the WEST test, again, the wheelbarrow exercise stress test, appears to also be useful. And recall that these authors do provide a video of the test being performed for additional guidance. It is also noteworthy that half of these cats did not require treatment and that all performed well over time. All in all, don't forget about AMG when facing a cat with vague signs that can localize to the neuromuscular system. But should that diagnosis be correct, the long-term outcome appears excellent based on this small study population.